the policy's in effect as long as you're still on the force. Well, how much, uh, how much is it worth? Well, at this point, uh, $350,000. $350,000. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you very much. The only thing is, it's line of duty coverage. I don't understand. Well, it means you got to get, you know, killed. They only pay out for line of duty. You can't collect on anything else. I want double duty. What? Thunderlips was the best one. Oh, coming down. He was Thunderlips. I got you. Why? Who did you think was Thunderlips? I'm unsure who you were talking about. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Fast Day with Films. What's up? (laughs) Thunderlips, man. Yeah, I I don't know. That's the only the only one I could think of. If I said Clubber Lang, you want to know? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) So how you been, man? Oh, good, man. Been good. a little bit? Working, 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 dude. Yep. So uh, I've been on? just doing my normal thing, yeah. watching movies, doing a lot of work, getting ready to go up north. I've got an up north uh, kind of mini vacay. Oh, dope. Then I'm going to go up and see my cousin and stock up on some uh, some collectibles to bring back here and maybe uh, keep some and make some money on some others. Man, you, my cousin's videos that he puts out every day, Yeah, it's like... He's getting so much in there that I, I don't even know how he's gonna even he bought another side of us he bought another storefront. Wow. To be able to and he broke down the wall and he's got that whole store filled and that's that, awesome. It, it, and it alleviates some of the uh stuff, but he brings in so much. I just had showed you pictures. He got two full size arcade games in there. Yeah. And one of them is like a Star Wars one that plays all three of the Star Wars, uh, New Hope, Return of the Jedi Empire. And the other one had Bad Dudes yeah. and Karate Champ. That's and fucking great, dude. God, man. Some of those, uh, he, he's got them set up in like kind of a pseudo break room in the other room. And yeah. And he's got a wall of them. So it looks like one of the arcades. Uh-huh. And you just sidle up and you play Street Fighter 2 or you play, he's got a Ninja Turtles one, that, uh-huh. that great Ninja Turtles. That's fucking Great, uh, arcade dude. game where you can yeah. play all four of them. Yeah, oh, yeah, so absolutely, good, man. man. I love it. So, so I, I know he listens to this, so I'm going to go ahead and say to you He now, might be a little Eric, backlogged. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eventually he'll get but, to it. Dude, you got to come down here and do a pod sometime. Like, that'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, he's got so much going up there in his in his shop that I, he probably is not going to be leaving there anytime in the next couple of years. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's, he's a one-man army working up there, but I love it. I love going up there and uh, just kind of engaging with all that kind of crew and uh, – just i go up there with like a half empty suitcase and yeah. just pack it just yeah pack no it down. dude he he hooked it up for you for christmas oh yeah, dude, yeah like yeah. that was yeah, great like it's an easy thing for that yeah i love it yeah so you've been watching any movies you watch any good ones this week okay so i saw and this is obscure and i i actually i will and i won't be surprised if you've seen this like have you ever seen the movie wrong guys oh yeah i own it I bought, really? I bought it like three weeks ago oh, from my with, girl with that makes Anderson? yeah with Louis Anderson. Yeah. I, I bought it the uh, the manufactured on demand lady. Uh, I got a copy of it. Dude, I I watched that a couple of nights ago. And God, man, it's so obscure with dude. a lot of good people in it too. And, and they're all they all go by their real names. Yeah, Richard Lewis, Richard Belzer, Louis Anderson. Who am I missing? Tom. Uh, Tom Thomerson was yeah. in it. John Goodman is in it. John Goodman. Uh, Ernie Hudson guy, is in it. Our guy from uh, from Horror Show is in it. 
Uh, he played one of the bullies, Brian James. Oh yeah, the, the yeah, bullies. dude. Yeah, dude. It was just like a what, like a, a Boy Scout group that reunion. Reunion. Yeah, and like they had never. They caught up on the mountain together. Yeah, and... they never got their like light light arrow badge or something because they lost a pack. Oh well, we can talk about that oh, one. I had never dude. known that you had even seen it. Was I, that your first time seeing it? No, or no, no, did you no. See no. It back I, in the day? I saw it a bunch, like one yeah. summer on HBO. Oh yeah, yeah. And like even when I saw it on, you know, the streaming thing on Tubi or whatever, I was like, "Do I remember that movie? I think I remember that movie." And I was like, "I've got to watch it to mm. see." And I started watching it, and it's fucking Louis Anderson. Oh, and I'm like, fun, oh man. my god, those guys were all stand-up comedians that yeah. they just came in and they did that yeah, together. Yeah, like. I don't know what the story is behind that movie. Like, I have who no got that idea. made, and because it 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 certainly didn't. You could never in a million years imagine Richard Bell's or even doing that. No, role. everyone and, else you could kind of get. Yeah, that, like, that would do that type of silly movie and everything. And like, I loved Brian James and his brother in that movie playing like total like like Roadrunner kind of uh, Wiley e. Coyote type yeah, characters. Yeah, they they were just grown up kids. Yeah, you know, yeah. like. It was a fun movie, specifically for like ten year olds. Yeah, I mean, it was. Yeah. And, an and that's movie. probably I probably was right around yeah, that yeah, age when yeah. I saw it. I you loved know? it. I was always a Louis Anderson fan. So. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. How random is that? <laughs> that is dude? very random, like... man. I love it. But that's definitely right here on our obscure list yeah. for sure. This is, we got a great year uh, coming out for movies, man. I was just looking at the coming soon kind of stuff. Marvel specifically, like May sixth is. Doctor Strange. That is not That's right wrong, around man. the fucking corner. And then July is like uh, Thor, God of Thunder. Really? And then. Yeah, I heard they have six releases this year. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And the TV shows. I got the She Hulk coming out. Interesting. Secret Invasion. A, a bunch of good I haven't good seen stuff. any of the What If stuff. I haven't either. That's not my my jam. I, it's not that animated. If I'm, I'm watching animated, I'll watch Into the Spider Verse. Sure, for sure. Which the second one of that comes out this year. Avatar two comes out this year. Oh wow! Jurassic World three, which I did not care for the last two Jurassic Worlds, but I, man, they got Sam Neill back in. Oh, do they Dern really for this one? So it almost might be worth. And Goldblum's going to be in it more. So what? They got the whole gang back together. I almost have to watch it, yeah. but I did not care for the first one and didn't even watch the second one. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You watch I, the second one. Um, is that the one with the Raptors? I mean, no, I saw the one with the Raptors and then when he was on the bike, right? Yeah. And then he had to come back to the Island and blue had been wild or something like that. That was weird. I I remember watching it and, and like, cause it was like a two and a half hour movie, I think. And I think like 30 minutes into it, I was like, Nope, I'm done. Yeah. And I turned it off, and I I never went back. It, it's to It's a it. shame because that first one is is amazing. I love the first Jurassic Park. The very first. The one? very first. Yeah, one. yeah. That was but so to be good, honest dude. with you, that really was the only great one. No, and it was so fucking good, yeah. dude. I remember when they revealed the T Rex. Oh yeah. You know, and like just knowing in that moment, like I don't think that they missed anything. Yeah. Like that's what I think a T Rex fucking looked. Oh like, yeah, yeah. You know, so. like. I'm interested. I mean, it, it's going to come out this summer. It's always been like a summer blockbuster, so it'll be cool. And yeah. then the Halloween, the new, the final Halloween, maybe they can right the ship with that train wreck uh, that they kind of split the rails on number two. That. And so I'll watch it. I mean, I'll for sure watch it. I just, it's it, like, I, I just already know, like, well, Michael Myers ain't going to fucking die. Yeah. So. Well, <laughs> you know, like, no, someone else will reboot Nothing him you later. do at this point will make me ever believe, like, that he is dead. Like, uh, nothing. Like, so, yeah, so there's some exciting ones to come out in 
look at this year for sure that might get me to go to the movie theater. Certainly yeah. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is definitely going to happen. Yeah. Did you ever finish uh, WandaVision? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. That one specifically I know you have to have seen. Before, I'll, I'll rewatch that. that one again. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I really one. enjoyed that one. It was a, it was one. a fun it, it, one. It was a little hard to kind of hang in there. I think they, they it, it was worth it in the end. You know what I mean? But until you finally kind of knew what yeah. was going on, it was just like, come on, I'm really ready for this yeah. now. You know, I'm like, um, I like the quirkiness of it. I like most of the Marvel shows. The Loki one was good. Yeah. And... I want to rewatch that one too. Yeah. I still haven't finished, uh, Captain America or, uh, Falcon and yeah. winter soldier. Good. Yeah. Uh, out of, you could put all those together and they still don't come close to how good Peacemaker is, to my opinion, though. Really? Yeah. Peacemaker blows them all away. I gotta get Blows them that. all away. I still haven't Every episode, it gets that. better than the last one and you're like, holy crap, I don't know. Something about James Gunn, man. James Gunn can create and write characters that you care so much about. Right. Every one of those characters you care about. Mm-hmm. And I will watch that show over and over and over again and I So are there only it. five episodes? I think six. Six, okay. Oh, maybe even seven. But not many. See, and now it's you're getting my so, hopes up. It's so good, man. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, you won't be disappointed for sure. And I can't wait till season two. My girl loved it. I, I was so excited that she was uh, going to be interested in it too. But, I mean, good good script is a good script. Yeah. And that's what that is. Well, and I also like the fact that he's kind of obscure. Yeah, he's definitely know? obscure. <laughs> so... Which brings us into this week's movie on Obsessed with the Obscure Man. I love this movie. Dude. It's, I'm so always excited good. when I find somebody that knows what it is. I'm so glad I got to rewatch this movie, dude. Never released on DVD. If you watch it, really? if you watched it, you either watched it on cable, you watched it on VHS, or you maybe had a bootleg from uh, from the UK. No shit. Uh, the only reason it's on my television right now is it was I got the it's girl Paul that, got a bootleg. I got I got a connect. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and it's pretty good. Even the one that I had sent you, one that was on YouTube, the quality was pretty yeah, good. Yeah. And looking at the image for it, you wouldn't think it would be. It looked like some Chinese knockoff yeah. or something like that. But when you once you play it, you're like, wow, this is actually pretty decent. Yeah. It might have been where this copy that I'm watching right now came from. Because that's oh, where I think that they're just grabbing them wherever they can. Yeah. If they have the DVD on file, I think they burn it. If yeah. they don't, they find it online. That's so awesome, it's, though. Whatever. Like, it's... Works for me. I, I own this on VHS back in the day. I loved it. I was working at the video store when this was when this was out. For some reason, I thought you gave this to me, but if it's oh, never no. been, I, and I looked for it and I yeah, couldn't yeah. find it's it. It's hard, um, man. But, it's a very obscure one. So find. they never put it out on no, DVD. Never put it out. Wow, man. So I'm still hoping that it'll get a Blu-ray. Someone will buy it and there'll be a Blu-ray release for it. And they'll uh, if if the bootleg looks this good, I'm sure a Blu-ray could be remastered like perfectly. Uh, so those of you not familiar with short time just to give you the kind of log line before we before we even go into the story or even the cast and the crew and the trivia which there is not much that you could scour the internet and it seems like there's a whole not it's which is weird i mean you do a movie movie. you work on the movie for probably three months elaborate stunts one of the best and we're going to talk about car chases one of the best car chases i've seen in a movie and that's the scene we're going to talk about one of them and the end sequence we're going to talk about that too but all I had to hear, and it, it was a great trailer back in the day. Oh, I didn't like even if you're listening to this, pull a trailer up for short time. It's such a great, and it, it's probably the 60 second TV trailer that was yeah. on uh, because I think we watched it maybe on demand even before. Dabney HBO. Coleman, yeah, Dabney has Coleman is two weeks to live. Yeah, it's so great. So he is—he's like two weeks from retirement, and 
he's he's super safe. Yeah. I mean, this guy is he's wearing like, two bulletproof vests. Two, two bulletproof vests. He knows. <laughs> really, in real life, he probably would have been sitting on a desk for yeah. the last oh, two yeah, weeks. Dude. They would not have gotten duty to go yeah. out and uh, and do this. So he's he's super safe, and he's going in. He uh, he wants to make sure his. Uh, his insurance is up to par. Yeah. So he's got to go in for a blood test. And during the blood test, there's a kind of municipal like bus driver worker uh, who just happens to say, hey, uh, hey, you think a uh, a blood test is getting a little longer than a, a log line, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> an says, important he, aspect of the movie. Yeah, yeah. He's concerned that him smoking weed is going to affect his blood test. So once they're in there getting tested – he comes out and he switches the samples. Right. And so the doctors run both the samples and they were like, holy shit, this guy has some rare blood disorder. Like he's super rare. Super rare. Like and he's going to die. third case ever or something Yeah, like he's going to die in two weeks. So basically Dabney Coleman finds out incorrectly that he's going to die in two weeks. Right. And what they need, he needs to do is he needs to make sure his insurance is up to par. He's got to take care of his family. And he finds out that his, his insurance is only going to pay out if he dies in the line of duty. Yeah, 350 so, grand. So is here's what it pays. where the, the kitcher gets. Dabney Goldman thinks he's going to die. He's not, but he thinks he is. And he thinks he has to get killed in the line of duty yeah. to do it. Oh, my and God. And just the comedy ensues from there, man. Oh, it's, it's just so, so great. great. Dude. So let's talk about what makes this movie great is a lot of these cast members. I'm a huge Dabney Coleman fan. I love Dabney oh, Coleman. Oh, yeah. And I'm pretty sure he's still with us. And I think the last thing I saw him do, he was he did Boardwalk Empire, and he looked old. But he he is old. You know, people forget when he was big back in the day, he was already probably 45 or 50. He always kind of seemed I, – I don't remember Dabney Coleman much when he was young. No. Like younger than 9 to 5. Do you remember anything from younger than 9 to 5? No, not really. I think the last pod we did, we had mentioned – Muppets Take Manhattan. Yeah. One of my favorite scenes in Muppets Take Manhattan is with Dabney Coleman where he grabs the chicken and he holds the chicken. Oh, wow. He, I don't remember he's that. He's like a wanted man by the police and he's trying to get out of the building and he's holding Gonzo's chicken. In front of him. <laughs> don't even move the chicken. Gets yeah. Type of deal. And I loved it. But he nine is... to five, his role in nine to five like changed my life watching movies. Oh, back yeah, day. dude. I just loved him. Man. Yeah. And he was not supposed to be loved, but he is such that kind of actor that I just... I, I loved everything he was in. You know what I love him in so much is Hot to Trot, which could easily be on one of these obsessed with these. I scare. remember that movie, but I don't remember him much in that movie. He was, you know what the movie is. It's with the, Bobcat Goldquaid and, and the John, horse. John Candy, John Candy is the voice yeah. of the horse, yeah. talking horse. He played, he played the, I think the uncle or the stepfather of Bobcat Goldquaid, and he became a partner when his father died or something like that. In, into the brokerage firm, and he was just kind of the the villain in the movie, uh-huh. Dabney Coleman. Um, so he is 90 and still wow, with us. Oh, yeah, 90 years old, man. Yeah. Still kicking, man. He was so great. He just, anytime you saw his face, he, he always played kind of a, it's weird. I think he equally played an asshole and a likable character in movies. And oh, yeah. He could tra- do that transition really, really easily. And I loved him in uh, in this movie, man. He was so good. And yeah, he has great tone to his voice. Yeah, the way he can use it and manipulate the emotion. You know what He's I mean? A great actor, man. To either be an asshole or a really yeah, nice yeah. guy. You and know? his partner just is likable. And I love Matt Frewer for, oh, yeah. for a lot of different reasons. And I can only remember a couple of things that I know him from. So what are some other stuff? Well, he he, the first thing I ever saw him was he was Max Hedrum. 
back in the 80s. Really? Yeah, I didn't that was realize Matt, that. Yeah, that was Matt Frewer. That was his character wow. that he always did. And then some of the stuff that I remember him from, and uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was a big one. He was the neighbor. He was the dad mm-hmm. uh, of the neighbor kids. Uh, That's right. Yeah. And he Zelensky was really great. Zelensky, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he was in The Stand, which I loved. He was Trash I Can never Man. saw that. He was the one that kept, he, he went nuts, and he was like Randall Flagg was the head, like, satanic villain in, in The Stand. Mm. And he was one of his lackeys. And he, he, there was a big scene where he drove in with a nuclear warhead at the end of the, uh, of the movie or the, oh, wow. the show. And he's screaming, my life for yours, my life for yours. Oh, it was wow. crazy. He like was riding in the desert with the nuclear weapon and it like melted his skin oh, where he shit. had to wear these like thick goggles and his whole skin was always melting off. And they called him trash can man. Oh, he God. was just a nut, nut bag in that <laughs> movie. Uh, and when I looked this stuff up, he was in Spies Like Us. He played Soldier Number Two, whoever the hell that was. No shit. So I'd have to really go through Spies Like Us and look at every other character in it. He could have been anybody. He could have been Soldier Number Two. It could have been somebody when they were training with, or yeah, I don't know. or in the. I mean, I guess he could have been one of the Russian guys too. Maybe he, I don't think he was one of the Russian guys, but he could have been one of the uh, officers down in the bunker. Could be, yeah. You yeah. know what I liked him in that a lot of people, another obscure movie that if you can, maybe you'll find it on Tubi or one of those uh, type apps, is Far From Home. Do you remember that with Drew Barrymore? He is that played the Drew... Geese movie? Uh, nope. He played Drew Barrymore's dad and they were driving through like middle America or like the uh, out in uh, North Pacific, like in the kind of like more of the Arizona kind of uh, deserty areas of California. Huh. And they end up stopping at a trailer park and Drew Barrymore is kind of like this sexy 16 year old and she's kind of uh, being very flirtatious with a couple different people at the trailer park and then people start dying and you don't realize who it is and there's this one creepy kid who ends up his he ends up killing his own mother and he puts her on ice at his house and he's oh, wow. he's just like obsessed with Drew Barrymore and Matt Freer plays the oh, dad. Oh, fantastic. So, so it was a creepy kind of like thriller movie back in the 90s. You know, here's another thing. You didn't know he was Max Hedrum. Do you realize... He was Lawnmower Man in Lawnmower Man 2. I think I do remember that. Because I remember Jeff Fahey was the original Lawnmower yeah. Man. Yeah. I loved him in it. And I don't, I'm not positive I ever went and saw Lawnmower Man Because doesn't his head get real big at one point in Lawnmower Man 2? I don't remember. I, I I'm not sure I ever saw number two, to be I honest with you. I think it does. He was also in the remake of Dawn of the Dead, and he was good in that. One of the guys in the mm-hmm. in the mall, Matt Frewer. Yeah, so I was always a fan of him. Another person I was always a fan through the 80s was Terry Garr. Or Terry Guy. Terry Guy. Terry Guy, yeah. as we say it up north. Yeah. <laughs> up north. Uh, she played uh, Burt Simpson's like ex-wife in this movie. And I, ever since I can remember watching movies, I love Terry Gar. Yeah. Because Young Frankenstein, Oh God, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Tootsie. She was in The Sting, too. Another big movie for me was Mr. Mom. She was. Oh, uh, yeah. She, she was, was the, the mom. mom. Yeah. Uh, Let It Ride. I loved her in Let It Ride. I she don't think she I've played ever seen Richard Dreyfus. Oh, that's the movie, dude. I know. I know. So good. I, I'm obsessed with Let It Ride. Are you? It's, I'll it, have it's to definitely got to be out. on our Obsessed with the Obscure. I'm not sure how you'll find it. It's a. It's kind of a hard one to find. I can, I'll have to lend you mine. Oh, unless it's they let you rent it on one of these things. But. Uh, Seeing Richard Dreyfus as the out of control gambler yeah. at the track was so funny. The oh. whole movie takes place at the track. Yeah, uh, but 
she plays like his ex-wife that just wants some attention from him and she, he can't do it because he's just so obsessed with uh, fucking up and gambling. Ugh. And uh, Dumb and Dumber, she played Samson, not Samsonite. She played Mrs. Uh, she played Lauren Holly's mom. Mom, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was it Samsonite? Samsonite. <laughs> I was way off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Terry Guy was always great, man. Uh, Barry Corbin, I always loved in this too. He played um, the captain, the police captain. Yeah, 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 he's good. He was great in War Games, uh, My Science Project. He, uh, who's Harry Crumb? He was uh, he right. was the dad in Who's Harry Crumb, uh, No Country for Old Men. He was like old in No Country for Old Men, but he had that great look still. Uh, I watched Delirious the other day too. Oh, I fucking love oh that the uh, John not Candy. the oh John Candy. Yeah, I always yeah. gotta I always gotta check. Are you talking about the Eddie Murphy stand up? Oh or yeah, the, yeah. Uh, John Candy. That's yeah. an obscure one. You I find that on Two B Two. Yeah, yeah. yeah bro, a, it's a hard one to I, find, dude. They ask me my age, and I I actually put it in. And like, oh, they give movie, you the uh, recommended ones? Yeah, and like every movie that comes up, I'm like, oh, I fucking love that movie. Yeah. How do they have that movie? Like, yeah. we, we're going to get a sponsorship by them. <laughs> it's going to be the 2 There's other ones, too. The 2 like, 2 That crack, Crackle does the same thing. Do they? It's just as good. It's free, and it's all just free movies. Yeah, I'll have to check that yep, out. Really good. Uh, I loved Xander Berkeley in this movie. Xander Berkeley's an interesting uh, guy. He played Stark, the the villain in the okay, movie. Okay, yeah, yeah. And he almost never looked the way he did in this movie. Yeah, Very rarely I do like I ever I've, see him with a beard. He I almost feel like never, I've seen him in other things. You've definitely seen him in other things. One of the he got really famous on TV for a while because he played George in Twenty Four, who was the boss. I never he, saw uh, Twenty Four. Oh, I loved it for the first four seasons. It was really good. Mm -hmm. But he played George, who was uh, Kiefer's boss in the whole thing, and he played kind of an asshole. And then in one season, someone had to like risk their life to save everybody. Mm -hmm. And Jack Burton was going to take the airplane down in like as a projectile with a bomb on it to oh, destroy wow. something that needed to be destroyed. I can't remember the details. Of yeah. It. But as he was doing it, he didn't realize George uh, Alexander Berkeley was on the plane. Uh -huh. And he's like, you're parachuting out. I'm taking it down. Because uh -huh. I think he was infected with something anyways. And Keeper was like, fuck yeah, we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're here. I've never been so happy Season to see five. you. <laughs> but as far as movies go, uh, he was in Volunteers. Do you remember Volunteers? Vaguely. Uh, that's the Tom Hanks one where he's got to yeah, join the Peace yeah, Corps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Candy's uh, in it. Yep. Xander Berkeley played Tom Hanks's uh, roommate, who was supposed to go into the Peace Corps, and he took his place. Uh huh. Uh, oh, that's the, right. He gave him his car. Or one something. of the more memorable ones is T two. He played the uh, Eddie Furlong's parent, his uh, father. That's right. Who got yeah. it with the uh, in the mouth yeah. by the T one thousand drinking the milk, drinking the milk. Uh, he played. He was in Candyman. He was the guy that uh, he was married to. Uh, the what's the blonde Virginia Madsen? I remember Virginia Madsen had to go to prison because she, she got set up in that murder scene. Yeah, yeah. And when she came back to the house, the husband had already moved his new girlfriend in, and they were painting the house and That's everything. Right. He played yeah. the asshole boyfriend in that movie. Uh, he was also in A Few Good Men. He was in Apollo Thirteen. He played one of the reporters. He was in Heat. He was in The Rock. He was in Air Force One. So he's been in a whole ton of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Berkeley. He can be on a little character actor. Pod. He also married one of the girls from Twenty Four. That uh, that Sarah girl. She was really good in that show. You know who was great in this was Joey Pants. Yeah, I know, dude. Playing a random character with, so a, with a hair. I don't him. wear a hair piece. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sure you don't, Joey. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, obviously, everyone knows Joey from the Goonies. Yeah. From uh, I don't even have a list because Joey Pants is. Matrix. You should know Joey Pants. Yeah. Matrix, uh, Sopranos. Yeah. I mean, he's he's been in everything. It's fucking great, dude. Bound, man. Did you ever seen Bound yet? No. Man, watch Bound. That hmm. might be on Tubi. Check. I got to give you a list of obscure ones that might be on. Or I'll go through Tubi and I'll be like, this, 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 and a rock yeah. here. You got to check it out. Because Bound was the guy's, uh, the Wachowskis, uh, before they did The Matrix, mm-hmm. did the movie Bound. Oh, wow. And it was a great gangster movie with all a lot of their clever kind of shots that they were famous for doing uh, later on mm-hmm. in their movies. And uh, Joey Pants was so good. Uh, for anyone that's a Joey Pants uh, fan, you have to see Bound because huh. he was so great in it. Uh, the other guy, uh, the the kid who played Dougie in this movie, he's got an interesting name, Kaj Eric Erickson. Mm. I can understand why you would want to put the K-A-J before your name. Who names our kid Eric Erickson? Then again, I I went to high school with a kid named Matt Matthews. I feel like I know a kid named Eric Erickson. It's weird. It's, I'm wondering what's going in a kid parent's mind when they name the kid the same name as their last name. Matt Matthews. Eric Erickson. <laughs> yeah. Come on, dude. You could have ticked anything. John Johns. John Johns. <laughs> <laughs> so he had only done a couple movies. I looked him up. He had done 88 Minutes with Al Pacino, and he did that See No Evil 2. But the the thing that I remember him most, do you remember the commish? The old TV show, uh, vaguely. You know, I re- you ever you know the Shield. Yeah, uh, the guy from the Shield. Yeah, he was also the Thing in yeah. the Fantastic Four yeah, yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah. He was in the Commish back in the day. He had hair. He, he but he played like this short little dumpy kind of lovable like. Uh, he was the the police commissioner, and he and mm-hmm. it was just like a small town kind of in the heat of the night type of show. Yeah. And uh, he played his son in the movie, in, in the show. So he was on really? like 30 or 40 episodes. I, I watched him. And it must have been short. He looked the same as he did in short time. So it must have been done around the same time period. Interesting. Now, as far as crew goes, uh, there's some really seasoned guys here in some of the positions that we usually talk about. The director, the director of short time was Greg Champion. And the uh, he kind of, the only other really famous thing that he... I know him from that he did as far as directing was The Cowboy Way, which I absolutely love The Cowboy Way. Man. I love that movie. It's dude. so good. I'm I'm I feel like people don't talk about The Cowboy Way enough. You know? I I agree with you. It was big back in the day on video. On VHS people were renting it like a motherfucker because I was working at the video store yeah. at the time. We loved it. We used to play it on the TVs a lot of times. But Greg Champion also produced uh, Short Circuit and Stakeout, so he kind of was already in that kind of uh, comedy realm at this point. The writer was John Blumenthal, uh, the two writers on the movie, and they must be a writing team because they've both they've both done another movie that I'm familiar with, and it's the only other movie that I was familiar with. So John Blumenthal and Michael Berry both wrote this movie, and they wrote uh, Blue Streak. Oh, really? Which I haven't seen forever. That was the Martin Lawrence one. And Tim Robbins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, that was uh, Nothing to Lose. Oh, that's right. Blue Streak, he played a cop in it. and uh, Oh, he I, pretended like he was a cop. Is that what it was? No, he wait, pretended to be like a cop? the same fucking movie. Well, in no, Nothing see. to Lose, he was a criminal. In Nothing to Lose, it was the diamond. In yeah. Blue Streak, yeah, because at the end he said he was like a federale or something like that. <laughs> I have to rewatch Blue Streak. Yeah. I forget all about God, Martin yeah, Lawrence. Yeah, that was so funny. Did you ever watch the, the newer Bad Boys? The new one? No, yeah. I still haven't watched it. I kind of think that he might be the only good thing about it. I though. just I, when I saw the trailer for it, I was like, I think it'll be worth it just to see Martin Lawrence. I, I would because he's kind reason. of he's kind of Tracy Lawrence now the the way he is. Interesting. Uh, just his delivery and it seemed like a lot of I'm too old for this shit type of stuff, right. which is kind of funny for him. Yeah. Uh, so I might give it a shot. No, to be honest, I forgot they even made that. Yeah. 
Yeah, it so came guys, in, kind of came and went. That's it must have I mean. been during pandemic. I was it that it what was. it was? I think it was probably yeah. close to that. And we're not going out to see Bad Boys 3. We might go out to see Spider-Man. Yeah, I did. <laughs> not that. I did, yeah. Uh, so the cinematographer on this, he had only done like one thing as a cinematographer that I had known him as. But as a camera operator, this guy slayed, dude. Really? So as a cinematographer, other than short time, the only thing I had known him from, and it's uh, his name is John J. Con- John Connor. You John. know this boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he ha- was a cinematographer on Kung Pao, Enter the Fist, which is actually pretty funny. I fucking love but that movie. as a camera operator, here's his list as a camera operator. E.T., Flashdance, Twilight Zone the movie, Staying Alive, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Splash, Real Genius, Rocky IV, Short Circuit, Top Gun, Rising Sun, Demolition Man, Maverick, and Terminal Velocity. Jesus. You believe that That's- shit? I mean, why, why even kind of stray from just a camera operator? I would just be a camera operator and rake in the money and yeah. s- have all those movies under your belt. Such a great... This guy obviously knows what he's doing. Yeah, obviously. Like. And the editor, the editor was uh, Frank Morris, and he was the same editor for Romancing the Stone, Short Circuit, Hot to Trot, weird enough, huh. uh, Disorganized Crime, Bird on a Wire, The Hard Way, Point of No Return, Another Stakeout, Drop Zone, and Nick of Time. So... A whole slew of really great stuff. That's yeah. Uh, the composer too. This composer, I I should know this. This composer has done so many great movies that I really should put his name to memory. Really, and I don't. I did not know his name until now. Ira Newborn. I clearly have seen his name at the beginning credits before, and just it never had hit me. So Ira Newborn is famous for doing the score for Sixteen Candles, Into the Night, Weird Science. Wow. Uh, I lost my place here. Wise Guys, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Dragnet, Amazon Women on the Moon, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Caddyshack 2, all the Naked Gun movies, Collision Course, Uncle Buck, My Blue Heaven, Brain Donors, Innocent Blood, Ace Ventura, Jerky Boys, Mall Rats, High School High, and Basketball. Jesus, you believe man, that that's shit? A, dude, that's insane. That's a, that's a great, great kind of discography or I guess filmography I guess you would whatever call it. you want to call it oh so good man I was impressed by that so they definitely had a good crew on this and this was not it didn't look like it was cheaply done like it, it was the uh, well it might not have been because this was one movie I could not find the budget really could not find the budget I could tell the gross which is definitely less than what the budget would be I could tell you that really it only grossed four million dollars really uh I'm pretty sure I saw this in the theater too. I this is again HBO for me. I'm pretty sure 19 May 4th 1990. Man, I would have been just moving to Florida, so there's a very good chance I saw this in the theater. Mm-hmm. So yeah, May 4th, so a summertime movie in 1990, rated PG-13. Really could have got away with a PG rating. Oh, I'm yeah. not sure why it got yeah. PG-13. The filming locations all over British Columbia. So and that has become a hub for filmmaking. I mean, if it's not done in L.A. and New York or Atlanta, yeah, British Columbia and Vancouver is a Atlanta's huge. Toronto's another big it. city for for filmmaking too. So pretty big. Not like I mentioned, not much trivia I can find on this movie. So one of the more interesting ones that I had found that the building at the climax of the movie where they're hanging off the building yeah. is the same one used in the climax of True Lies. Really? Yeah, so I thought that was interesting because huh. that was a pretty big scene in the end of True Lies. Yeah. Uh, I literally only have four 
trivia here. And <laughs> some of them are like really reaching as trivia. So here, let me just take a minute and just extend the amount of time of the pod so that people think that they're getting more to listen to. And now if you'd like to go on your second fact. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll talk a lot plot. Don't worry about it. I've already got that plan. So for a promotional item, there were boxer shorts released with the word short time written all over them. Really? It, it, how that was a bit of trivia, I don't know. But I wonder how much... I want a pair. A pair That's what I want. Cost. Uh, the film, I had mentioned the film was never released on Region 1 DVD, only Region 2 for uh, for Great Britain, and on VHS and Laserdisc. So if wow. you have a Laserdisc player, you have a good chance. I wonder if this was when Laserdisc and DVD were kind of going head-to-head, and people had to kind of choose one format yeah. or the other. Laserdisc chose... didn't last for very long. Yeah. They were at the video store I worked at. We had a very small selection there, of Yeah, there was like two shelves. That one or two people rented. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. I'm a tech guy when it comes to movies because I've always been a movie fan. I, re- I remember being six or seven years old and beginning a blank VHS tape. And it was, and I knew that I could fit three movies on there and it was probably the best thing I had ever bought myself. Right. Yeah. I, I used my entire... Like, uh, I think, allowance for that week or the two weeks to be able to buy it. And everyone thought I was nuts. But, yeah. man, and even I didn't get into Laserdisc. And a lot of people got burned on it. A lot of people. I'm re- I know Kevin Smith has one person who has been vocally uh, vocal about owning maybe 500 of them. And oh, then wow. they all just shat the bed Ugh. right afterwards. And yeah. DVD came out and he had to, like, at least with, like, 4K now, you can play DVDs and you can play Blu-rays. They all can play those things. Right. With, with, a, v, with a Laserdisc player? You're fucked. First of all, they were the size of like a suitcase. Yeah, well, and, and then the yeah, discs itself were massive. The size of like 12-inch vinyls. And if you, if you stared really hard at it, you could create a scratch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how like fragile these things were. I actually yeah. have a Laserdisc. I have the Laserdisc. I was at that book sale that happens here uh-huh. and they were selling it for like a quarter and I bought Blade Runner. I was like, I want the Laserdisc from Blade Runner. And so one day I'll put it up on the wall or yeah, something absolutely. like that. Yeah, so, absolutely. That would be cool. Have you seen those clocks that they make? The, no. Out of like, uh, you could take, you could probably do it with a Laserdisc, but you could definitely do it with a vinyl. It comes with just the thing that fits in the middle and it's a working clock piece. Oh, and neat. then you can just hang it right on the wall and put whatever record yeah, you just want. Just put up every there. vinyl you want. And you can switch them out or put multiple Damn, ones up there. It's pretty that's clever, dope. actually, that they came up with that. So, oh, oh and the last one. The, the, this is see the, how nicely we've spent. I, I know, the I trivia? know. This is the trivia that's going to break the <laughs> internet right now. The two main characters in this movie, the partners. Oh, I've been. I was going to say this. <laughs> I was going to say you this. Do it. Do it. They're Bert and Ernie. <laughs> I don't think Dude. I ever realized. <laughs> it. Me neither. I, I looked at it on the line and I was like, "Holy shit! They are named Bert and Ernie." I can't believe that, dude. Oh, it's so crazy, yeah. crazy cool, man. And yeah, we're going to be talking about that chase scene, and we're going to talk about what I call Bert versus Stark, which is that end sequence here. Yeah. But I like to go into the movie. So we always we already kind of set it up, you know? So real quick, is the part with the bus driver in either of those scenes? Because if not, I really want to talk about it. No, I don't part. think it is in either of those scenes. It's, okay. It's weird that it's funny, but it's but you when you sit down and you think about it, you're like, you should be feeling really hard right? about laughing at this like, scene. So we already broke it up that Dabney Coleman thinks he's going to die. They bring him in for that, and, and he takes it rather well. Yeah. Uh, the, doc, the doctors bring him in, and they were like, hey, we need you to come in. And, and it was a healthy guy. Like, he was working out yeah. when they he called him in. He was on sit-up number 41. Yeah, yeah when, <laughs> like, when they call him in. It, he's just kind of letting his last two weeks of the job 
kind of like uh, he's even getting shit from other workers because at the beginning of the movie, remember him and his uh, Matt Frewer were doing a high speed on foot chase and yeah. they were going to have to jump over from roof to roof. Yeah. And Dabney Coleman not only stopped, but he held Matt Furrer back while everyone cold. else jumped. I mean, it was like, it looked like an easy jump because it was elevated and it wasn't that far apart yeah. that every one of them make it. And they didn't. And uh, the, the captain gives them hell. And can anyone tell me why Bert Simpson here kept his partner from, uh, from completing his task and this and that. And obviously it's because he had two weeks left on the job. Right. But, so when he goes and the, the doctors bring him in there, it's kind of a shock. And, you know, the, the, the moral of the story is second opinion, motherfucker. I know, that right? Could, this, could, this whole movie would not have been made with I a second opinion. I know they can rush a lab. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, if someone tells me I have two weeks to live, I immediately go and I talk to somebody else yeah. about it. Because if he had, there would have been no problem. But what every one of us conveniently forgets through this whole movie is that there's poor, some poor son of a bitch dying. <laughs> Like when he finally Matt Brewer at some point finally goes and, and talks says, to the doctor. I'd have thought you'd have noticed when the blindness started. <laughs> One of the best edits in the movie too. Right after that scene, after he says I'm surprised, and he's like blindness, and then they cut to the bus, <laughs> bus driver, which we hadn't seen since his bare ass came out and yeah. switched the samples. Yeah, and then he's like rubbing he's his eyes, driving the while bus, driving the bus, <laughs> and then he ends up missing, flying right by the bus stop and like screeching into like an accident or something yeah. like that and as oh. they go through the symptoms though it almost reminds me of like an airplane when they start talking about the symptoms and the eggs like coming out of the dude's yeah. mouth you his know arms I mean? falling off yeah <laughs> you know oh like, it's so funny man uh, but what people forget about this movie is there's a lot of kind of tender yeah dramatic stuff yeah, in this movie. yeah like he he really wanted to get his life in order yeah uh, because he only thought he had two weeks to live and it puts you in that situation of what would you do if you right. had two weeks to live he wanted to write things with his wife to the point where they're back together yeah i mean he righted it so much but he would never have been that vulnerable or open with him if unless he, he if he yeah. knew he wasn't gonna uh die which ultimately it turned out to be a great thing at the end of the movie yeah but so he went back and did that. One of the more poignant scenes, uh, and, and what's really fun about this movie is, I'm getting ahead of myself. We should go back to where he realizes he needs to pull double duty. Oh, yeah. So once he realizes he's going to die and that his insurance is only going to pay off if he dies in the line of duty, yeah. at one point, he so he becomes a different person because as everyone at the police station realizes he is this overly careful guy right. who just wants to slide into retirement yeah. and now he comes in and he busts in and he says I want double duty yeah in and the it, worst district in town yeah yeah I like. want everything and Matt Frewer is watching him completely lose his mind but he, he really loses it when he takes him to dinner and he gives him his brand Mustang. new Mustang yeah. and everything like that but so he pulls double duty and he thinks it's going to be an easy task to kill himself, and right. it's not. And every time he almost dies, and he comes out a hero, and he gets another medal, and right? Another medal. Yeah. The one that I like the most, and it was probably the most dramatic one, was when he went into the convenience store mm -hmm. to with the guy, the guy with the, the dynamite. Yeah. And and he has like this great dramatic no comedy. It really is whatsoever. like a very touching speech. Yeah. It, like I mean, once he goes in, he strips all his clothes off. They already had like a bomb guy. Like a going ricochet in there. style with it. Yeah he, yeah, he takes all his clothes off. He's just wearing his boxers and his t-shirt, and he he clips his his badge, badge to yeah. his his waistband, and he just goes in and he talks to this guy, and this guy has been upset because he lost his wife, and and 
Dabney Coleman just breaks it down. Zero comedy. Oh, you think you're, you're, you're growing up and you're missing all these special things and this and that. And I know how hard it is to be a dad. And this guy is like just breaks down and falls into Dabney Coleman's arm, yeah. arms. And the next shot is him just walking out yeah. uh, arm in arm with the guy. And you're going to be all right, guy. And yeah. then all of a sudden he's like, where's the bomb? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he looks back and the whole story. He just he screws it up. He could have killed himself if he had just gone back in the building or if he stayed in the building, but right. he rescued all these people. Yeah. And I, I love the some credit, clever edits, so it makes sense that they had a really good edit on this. Mm-hmm. That next scene where he's getting the awards <laughs> yeah. and everyone has Band-Aids on yeah. because they all kind of Glass. took some of the brunt yeah. from the explosion. It was very clever. It's yeah. just very kind of low-key comedy. I, I think my favorite call that he got was the very first one. Which one was that? The domestic battery call. Oh yeah, with no, two I don't old think people? domestic battery is funny. But yeah, he goes <laughs> yeah. and they're like, and they throw a vase through yeah. the window. Old as shit though. They're yeah, they're like, like eighty five. Yeah, eighty five, ninety. And and I guess the old lady hit the guy with an iron and like. They're going through this, you know, conversation for them. And she was like, well, he said he was leaving. And he goes, no, I said I was eating. <laughs> and that's when Debbie Cohen was like, oh, my God, yeah. I got two weeks. This I got to ramp this up. This is the district in town, you know. Like, but the, the car chase, which we'll, we'll, we'll talk about when we're going through it's it. It's like a 10-minute car it, chase. It's crazy, dude. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like an eight-minute car scene. And they got some stunt guys that knew what they were doing oh, on the dude, set. Oh, dude, it man. was impressive. It was very impressive for a car chase scene and really good so during this whole thing we have this kind of criminal element and this is kind of where he he ends up kind of focusing his himself uh was kind of trying to take down this stark guy yeah so at the beginning of the movie we actually see Alexander berkeley as stark kind of rip off was it a uh it was a military it was a truck. military they had military prototype weapons yep so he grabbed these weapons and he was going to sell them on the aftermarket that's where the joey pants character comes in yeah he ends up uh meeting with joey pants and he's <laughs> no he's, bullets worth twenty dollars yeah yeah and he blows the door off the other side of the lincoln yeah and he's like i love the guy that chauffeur is so pissed he's like shining every detail and he just he pulls like a clarence bodiger from uh robocop yeah. blows the car uh door off and everything and you were like oh maybe it is worth 20 dollars right it. <laughs> and 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 that's kind of the crew that uh it was the the guys that he was in the car chase were they affiliated with Stark? Yeah, they that's were? why okay. they had the machine gun. They were shooting at him. That's right. So they got heavy artillery, and we get to see lots of fire sh- shot and everything like that. Lots of really good guns. Yeah. The the one that um, what's his name? The main guy, Alexander uh, Berkeley. Yeah, yeah. That he throws down at him the the almost shotgun. Yeah. Um, that's a fucking. I don't know what kind of gun it is. Yeah, they cool must have done some gun. prototype type weapons because they if he was going to steal something, they were going to use the best of the best. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, he, he goes on and he's having these life moments, obviously, with his wife. He gets back together with his wife. He's having these moments with his, with his son. You know, I'm, I'm watching this and I'm like, why wouldn't he give that car to his son? Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. the kid loved the car and he's yeah. riding it. He's listening to Steve Winwood down the street. Yeah, he's like, I love this song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then he ends up giving it. He takes his partner out to, uh, to lobster dinners and everything. $400 dinner. He just played it. He... he he did not question how he did not feel bad. He's like feeling really good. Yeah. Like through this whole thing, he's doing the right thing. He's giving things away. He's not thinking about himself. He's dedicating his time to his family. And not once is he like, shouldn't I be getting sick at right. some point? Yeah. yeah. He's just thinking, I got to, at some point I got to die in the line of duty here. Yeah. And, uh, it goes into that whole, like 
end sequence too, man. But what I love about it is <laughs> he, he goes off on his own and him and his partner kind of split up. And that's where it gets interesting because while he's gone after Stark mm-hmm. and he's going to go head first after Stark and Stark's men and assumably get killed because he's more interested in getting killed than kind of taking him down. Right. He knows that he's not afraid to kill him. I, I love when he goes and visits the guy from the car chases oh, in the hospital. Oh, God, yes. And dude. he writes the phone number down on his but leg. Here, here can like, you see can, that? Can, can you see this? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh you, you can't see this? Yeah. It's such great Dabney Coleman type comedy They're right almost there, in a full body cast and they're in like traction and he writes the number and he asks the guy if you can see it and he pulls on one of the pulleys and just raises yeah. his leg all the way up. Oh, he's like, no, you can't see it. What about this way? And then moves it another uh, way. Oh, God. So great. And then you hear Matt Furrer going in and start torching him later on. Yeah. Too. Where yeah. is my partner? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he fi- that's how he finds out where Stark is. And then while he's doing that, Matt Frewer has realizes something's going on yeah. with Dabney Coleman. And Dabney Coleman's because he's trying to give him his car. He's he's telling me he loves him. He's yeah. kissing him. He, he's doing all this weird shit that Bert would not do. So he ends up going into... Uh, he ends up going to his doctor that he saw that he got the blood test from, and he yeah. wants to see his results for his test and everything. The doctor wouldn't give it to him, and that's where he he kind of forcefully and uh, reluctantly tells him, "Well, your your partner's dying, yeah, and everything." And he was like, "I'm surprised. That's why I didn't report the marijuana use, right?" And that's when it clicks to him. He's like, "Well, nah, Bert's not going to smoke marijuana." He's like, "That that doesn't sound like him at all." And so he does a deep dive and finds out the truth. <laughs> and obviously he finds it out when Dabney Coleman is in the midst of yeah. and, and such an exciting ending, which we'll talk about okay, uh, cool, because we're going to go one, through it. There's one scene on that that I really want to talk about, but I'll hold off on it. Yeah, let's get into it here, man. So we're going to jump to the car chase scene first, which uh, <clears throat> it's going to be at. And we should mention a lot of these we don't really know how you're you're able to find it. Seriously, there's a great copy on YouTube of this movie. Uh, pull up a uh, short time, full movie, and when you see the like Chinese letterings on the the icon for short time, that's the one. It's it's not in Chinese. You don't have to worry about subtitles or anything like that. And it, it's a really great copy of the uh, movie. I found a couple of them on YouTube for some reason uh, are really great copies. So we are going to jump to our car chase scene and it's going to be at 38 minutes and 27 seconds so he's basically like just listen to the police radio which i guess that's what you would do and you were like ah oh, this is it <laughs> this is the call we've been waiting for it it's weird that he he can't take his partner, obviously. Yeah. So it, it's smart that right when he gets into the car, he has to make an excuse for Matt Frewer to get outside and, hey, check the back tires yeah. while I... Uh, while I go kill myself. While I go kill myself, you know? <laughs> Are you clear? Yeah. See Matt, ya. Matt Frewer is checking the tires and Dabney Coleman just runs off. Dude, this really is like a very impressive car chase. It yeah. really is. Of. And on the freeway, too. And on the freeway, this is definitely done with a closed track. Everyone we see is a stunt driver. I know. Yeah. I, you know how it works yeah. in Hollywood. They're not going to have anyone do any dangerous shit. And and it's weird. If you did, like, a top 20 car chase, this short-time car chase might it's make that really list. good, dude. Uh, so, yeah, it's right on the freeway, like any interstate you would see. And he is whipping by the cops. Yeah, there, I guess that's that Crown Vic. 90. Yeah, the 
The uniform cops are going 90, and they're asking, how fast is he going? Yeah. And he's at one point here, he's going to, like, knock one of them out of the way to try and get around him. He, he goes around him with that uh, that barrier there. And these guys, they've got... I love his line there. You're going to college, little guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to die, and you're going to be rich. So... Then guys in the, the goes, car they're pursuing just knock out the back window, and they are taking a machine gun out, and they are just plowing people down. Man. Yeah, they just took out two police vehicles immediately. Go through the construction zone, which is never a good idea. You no. Don't, you don't know what's finished, what's not yeah. finished when it comes to road work. Would not have suggested that, but... So there's so, five cop cars in front of him, and it looks like... Yeah, these guys don't look like they're getting away with anything. And they're all driving those, like, boxy Crown Vicks, yeah. man, you know? No, like, fancy cars. Now, see, that was an AK right there, wasn't it? I think that was a different gun. Oh, I'll have to look, pay attention when this guy's... Well, he's got one that's got the uh, the tripod. Yeah, see how he's pushing him out of the way to get around because I mean, he wants like, to get up there to he's die. He's, like, bumping his own cops out of the way just to get to the front of the line. <laughs> With very, a smile on his face. They, they must, must be like, what the fuck? Is that Bert? Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. He doesn't really care. He knows this is his moment to be able to do this. I love how crazy these guys think he is, too. Yeah. I yeah. can't tell. Yeah, that looks like an AK. Oh, okay, so it's an AK, but it does have a tripod or yeah. a stand on it, you know? I love Dabney Coleman just is flipping him off and, yeah. like, egging him on. You want to shoot me? This is where I am. Oof, and they pop the hood. Uh, that's a scary moment, too, Dude, that's man. always, like, a fear He's got when a I'm on the interstate. You're a weird guy, Ace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to stick his head out of the window just to be able to see all Ace Ventura style. Oh, it's, they get and they the low road, and him. he gets the high road, and they're all just flipping him off, man. Ugh. See, I mean, if you just... If you killed yourself there, that would count as in the Absolutely, line Absolutely, yeah. He just... Totally flips the car three or four times. But he was wearing his fucking seatbelt. <laughs> That's one of the best. <laughs> he looks at it and realizes, what the fuck am I wearing my seatbelt for? <laughs> the car's still moving, though, so yeah. he is still in pursuit. Man, yeah, some great stuff. That thing's got some man. horsepower to it, dude. Did you see how the acceleration on that? It really does. There must be a reason these guys use these old boxy cars for these types well, of things. Well, they had V8s in them. Is that what it is? Yeah. They just are fast yeah. motherfuckers. And they're like... Tanks. tanks yeah you yeah. can really just beat them i mean hell look out at them. that car that car is really like in that yeah condition. there's nothing to that car it's missing the whole front end and the front hood oh man and he just rammed the guy knocked an ak out onto a residential road <laughs> some kid's gonna find that yeah <laughs> that's my concern watching the movies what happened yeah, right? to the ak man <laughs> come on <laughs> I, I don't know how many cars get hit in this scene alone this, uh, one of these bumpy roads? Yeah, it's like, like very San Francisco. I think it's Seattle that this is actually filmed in, which probably has similar roads. Uh-huh. Than, uh, there's, it's up there with San Fran. Randomly placed place oh. glass window for him to drive through Doesn't with a ramp. Doesn't slow the car down at all. Not at all, It just dude. plows right through that glass, sheet glass. I'm trying to see what kind his is. Ooh. It looks like a Pontiac or something. <laughs> these guys are losing it. Oh, I love it, man. These narrow alleys, and they're just bumping into each other, man. Yeah. I wonder how much time it took to film this scene, you know? I mean, it could not have been easy. Oh, and they go through Oof. through oncoming traffic. Nobody gets hit, but now they're kind of in a line again. 
Yeah. Oh, it's such a fun scene. Yeah, dude. And like I said, I mean, this is a, a long chase So he's chase behind scene. him now. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, see, I don't know what their budget was, but there's no way that they did this on the cheap. You know? Yeah. Shutting down roads, having this elaborate stunt guys, several cars. There must have been 20 stunt guys involved in the big highway scenes. Oh, at least. So, like, we need to work you into smaller roads. We can't afford this. Look at that. They just drove over and destroyed two other cars from, like, a, a ramped-up area, you know? And I mean, already it's going, like, six minutes, probably seven minutes straight that they're still on this car yeah, chase. Yeah, yeah. And they're just bobbing and weaving through traffic, you know, like... Yeah, they go under the underpass now, which is even a scarier place where they're going to be. So they're like an underpass of the highway. Like, all French Connection style, just bobbing and weaving, bobbing and weaving, man. Yeah. Ah, Some great camera, like, POV shots that they have on the front of the car. Yeah. Which is what Freakin' uh, used to do with his vehicles, so... It's very reminiscent, actually, to a I lot love of the those stuff angles, in, in, like, in when they French do that. Connection. Very reminiscent. Yeah, if, if anything, these people should be proud of what they were, were able to accomplish. Yeah, with some dude. Of the stuff in this I movie. mean, look at that, dude. I, this is, I know that they slow things down and they, you know, they go over this a thousand times, but this is some impressive driving. Yeah. Almost born identity type stuff. Too. Yeah. On his line there, too. Now or never, bird old buddy. So yeah. he just screeches to a halt and kind of sets himself up to get T boned by this oh, guy. Oh, my gosh. And they're going. And they're going for it, out. man. They're gonna like. Well, I'll play this game of chicken. They, boom! They destroy man, that. Dabney car. should not have no, survived there, that. There should be nothing left of him. Those guys honestly. probably would have survived that. I mean, if the guy in the back seat didn't have a seatbelt, and maybe not. But and, I, and Dabney Coleman slowly. Not a scratch. Prob- delivers on one him. of the best lines too. Can't you idiots do anything right? <laughs> oh, I love it, man. And then, and then it goes right into his award ceremony, man, where he's getting his first of many kind of valors. And the, the look that, like, his captain's giving him right now is like, who the fuck are you, man? What the man? fuck are you doing, I man? Was, we were just laughing at you two days ago for wearing two bulletproof vests. Now you're getting... You destroyed the city, first of all. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what uh, you would be probably lambasted for above anything else. Yeah. But. All right, let's jump into this big end sequence here, which is Burt versus Stark, which is impressive stuff on like the side of a skyscraper. So if you're watching along with us, jump uh, forward to one hour and 18 minutes. All right, so we are one one eighteen. Let me take this off. <laughs> it starts with Matt Frewer talking to the guard outside the uh, the guy's attraction in the hospital. Yeah, we don't see him torture him, but we hear it. It's funny how they both cops standing post fell for the hey, take a break, bud. Hey, it's all right. <laughs> yeah. So now they're at this big building doing the big arms deal. Uh, Stark and Joey Pants, <laughs> this limo driver who's still worried about his car. <laughs> I love Joey Pants's rug. That rug on his head. Oh, yeah, dude. Man. I love how eventually he just took it off. Yeah. Or they work it into a big scene. I love how he said I deducted for the doors. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, I just got oh, my car so fixed. So now Bert just plows into the... It's like a parking garage. <laughs> the limo driver was still pissed that his car just got hit. Oh, got hit again. So Bert flies in, knocks the money everywhere, just basically throws up the whole friggin' thing. And he doesn't even have a gun. Yeah. He's, like, standing right in front of this inept moron who's the chauffeur driver who's got a machine gun 
and can't lay one shot. Yeah. Not one shot on him. And he put in a second clip. Still keeps Still shooting. Nothing. Shoots the badge. <laughs> he just can't. He's like the luckiest guy in the world. Yeah. You know? Once you survive this, you should be going to play the lottery. Right? He clearly is the luckiest guy. Stark just grabs all his money and takes off. And Joey Pants is about to pull away in his car. And Dabney Coleman comes up to the window. <laughs> and, and he's unarmed. He yeah, doesn't have a gun. Completely and unarmed. Joey Pants has one right there on the dashboard. And basically he pulls one of the dirty Harry's, go ahead, make my day. Yeah, he literally says it. Yeah, he literally says, make my day. Yeah. <laughs> Joey Pants says, nah, nah, I ain't falling for that shit. Which, if he only knew, he could have just... Right. But I don't think I don't it. think Joey Pants is a cop killer. I think that's why the main bad guy here is yeah, so yeah, feared because kind of good... he doesn't care. He'll kill anybody. Yeah. So he gets into the elevator. He realizes he's going up at least twenty eight floors. <laughs> so he gets in the elevator and he takes off there, man. And you're gonna see, he's gonna see some some high rise type shit. I love that they did this on top of a building. And now that you know how big this building really was, I mean that true true lies building was huge. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, this is great. So he's face-to-face with Stark. And basically is daring him to shoot him. Yeah. How much Xander Berkeley looks like Yakov Smirnoff? Right. Movie, have you noticed? He really does look like Yakov Smirnoff. What are having that guy? Got the Desert Eagle. He's hiding right now. Not a good time for Ru- Russia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I couldn't make it through, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> So he goes to to shoot at him, and the elevator door closes. Always an inconvenient type thing with this movie, too. Yeah. Oh, Dabney Coleman just comes seconds from dying. This is my favorite part right here. So they go into the stairwell, and the guy's shooting down at him, and he shoots his last bullet. And he misses, (laughs) and Dabney Coleman says, you didn't get me. And then he throws the gun, and he's like, you know, basically, you still didn't get me. But they keep running up the stairs, and he's like, come on, you know, are you going to kill me or not? And he pulls out this fucking grenade. Oh, man. And he takes the pin out, and he tosses it down the stairs so that it's going to blow up, uh, you know, when it gets by Dabney Coleman. Dabney Coleman just braces himself. He knows the grenade's coming down the steps. He sees it. He stops. He says, oh. Here it goes, and boom, right and through it, his legs. And it keeps going. Pulls a Bill Buckner, and, and he goes to grab right it, down. and it keeps rolling. <laughs> it's like that old Three Stooges trying to catch your own hat, but you keep kicking it. Right. And so it falls down the stairwell. That's a great, like, David Fincher-type shot. That was a great shot. And it explodes, and the fire comes up, and the guy looks over to see if he got him. <laughs> and Daphne Coleman goes, "You miss me again, you idiot!" Like, oh, Xander so Berkeley must dude. think that he has balls of steel. Right? Like this guy does not give a shit about dying. He doesn't give a shit about anything. He's a he's super just, cop. He's know? a super cop. Yeah. So they're on the top of the building now, and Stark sees the window washer rig, which is always a great it's, element in movies. I love it when they use they, it. I guess there must be one on every building because uh, there certainly yeah. seems like it as far as movies go. <laughs> Every Wednesday, the window washer's here. (laughs) (laughs) So he's lowering it. Apparently, he thinks he's going to take it all the way down to the bottom. But, I mean, I'm curious, though. Do they go all the way on the bottom? I've never seen one. I'm wondering. I don't know. I mean, you got to have balls just to do that. Oh, man. So he's going halfway down. I mean, he's he's probably still at the 22nd floor where Dabney Coleman's looking down and he sees him. (laughs) He's stupid. (laughs) Dabney Coleman gets his attention. Yeah. He gives him this great ultimatum, too. Yeah. 
<laughs> so he sees the gears work, and so he sticks like this metal pipe in between the gears, which completely stops the window washing rig. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you come down there, you come down here and kill me, or you come up here and kill me, or I'm going to come down there and kill both of us. Kill us both, yeah. <laughs> and Xander Berkeley's definitely not falling for it. So, man, Dabney Coleman, ah, just getting out on the edge of this building yeah. is, like, impressive. But to be honest with you, all Dabney Coleman would have had to do is jump because no one would know yeah. that he had jumped. Yeah. He would have figured it. he died in the struggle. Oh, man, oh, that's where he really pissed off Stark. All the money just got hit from the oh, suitcase. Flying everywhere. Everywhere. Everywhere in downtown Seattle, people are happy for the next couple hours. Right? Just raining 20s. There is money falling from the sky. Yeah, so Stark's like, now you've really pissed me off, and we're going to have a, a tet on tet yeah, right here, comes, here on the windshield wiper thing. Ernie to save Bert. I love the Bert and Ernie thing. Yeah, so Ernie's in a helicopter. Just like, and you don't realize as he's in the helicopter. So he's he's approaching, kind of Bert on the side of the building here, and you can really see how far up he is now. From yeah, that shot. So they got a helicopter for the day. This movie know, made a, a big budget, man. This was a bigger budget than they're revealing. And it was ID. a much better movie than it was given. Oh, absolutely, to be. without a doubt. Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, now Matt Frewer is hanging outside the helicopter with a megaphone, telling him, "You're not sick, Bert." <laughs> I love how Bert doesn't hear him and Stark has to repeat it for him. Yeah. He says you're not sick. <laughs> He's like, I'm you're not, not going to die. die. I love how he, he immediately gets like a boost of energy that, oh, shit. Yeah. I'm not going to die. Yeah. I can live my life. And, of course, that's when one side of the uh, windshield wiper rig falls. And now they're both like hanging, man. And I mean, now that's... really all you have to do is just hang on. Yeah. Oh, and he's. Trying oh. to kick him loose. Stark's giving him full-on kicks to the chest, man. <laughs> it really looks like Dabney Coleman is going to like take one for the team here. Yeah. Oh, that would be a bitch. Trying to kill yourself the whole movie, then realizing you didn't have to. Yeah. Oh, just... God. Yeah, and Especially of how freaked out he is normally. You would think he would, that cowardness would just like cower right back into him. Right, it. yeah. Oh, so so Stark slips and is like literally. That's not, this yeah, always is, always pissed me off. There's a moment where Stark's hanging from Dabney Coleman's legs, and the helicopter pilot takes a moment to take a photograph. Yeah. of them hanging off the building, and later on, I'm, I he, it does it pays off. They the helicopter pilot gives the photo to him and everything. Yeah, but it, it really was kind of weird. There he goes. So Stark flies, man, and they drop something. They drop somebody or a dummy. Oof. And I, I love the two random guys sitting in their desk realize a body falls, but looks and they just look right back. Yeah. Then they did a, did a little kind of misdirection with the viewer here. Yeah. So Dabney Coleman's all by himself now because Stark is gone. Holy shit! I see someone's head down there. They just Dude? had a major fuck up. Oh. Did you see that? Uh, I'm rewinding. rewinding. This. I'm oh, rewinding. This is this. epic. Oh. Look by his waistband. All right. There's another actor on the rig with him. Wait for it. There he is! Oh, wow! Oh, my God, there's a head. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> that was a major crazy, goof. Dude. That might be the most major I goof. I would have never seen that. And I've seen this movie about ten times. Wow. So in the corner of the screen while Dabney <laughs> Coleman is hanging, you just see some, like... Guy a, with a mustache. A guy with a mustache up. just sitting Maybe there. four feet. Oh, Maybe my four God. four feet. 
That is so hilarious. Oh, that was great. Good eye, oh, dude. Man. You heard it here first. Yeah, no, that's breaking news <laughs> right there. with films. Oh, so, and Dabney Coleman da- falls. Dabney fa- falls, and they cut us right to like a, a scene at the funeral, man. And, and as a viewer, you're like, holy shit. Yeah. That's kind of random. Did they ki- just kill... They just killed Dabney Coleman off. Looks but, like Dougie's going to college. Yeah, college he's going to college mm-hmm. and he's getting all that money. I guess they don't get any money now. <laughs> That's a real right. Well, he still gets story. his pension. He does. Yeah. So he, he goes through his actual thing. And, so and what gets, happens is he's at the funeral to the bus driver. And yeah. they, the kid's like, who is this guy again? Yeah. yeah. Uh, such a fun movie. And like you said, man, more people should love this movie. Dude, though. it's such a, a fun movie. A lot of times movie. on these obsessed with the obscure episodes they're campy movies you know they're silly movies they a lot of them don't have plots a lot of them are just nostalgia purposes but every once in a while we'll throw a movie in here that's just obscure for no reason whatsoever except that the marketing was bad yeah it just didn't get out like shoot to kill was one of those movies that we did on here shoot to kill is a phenomenal movie and it's just obscure and i i think short time falls into that great comedy great cop movie just a fun overall movie and just marketing was piss poor wasn't yeah. on dvd i mean that's a major thing right there with video stores you know how long video stores were around when it was just dvds and not vhs's yeah i mean 15 20 years where this thing was not circulating around being watched and it's not like it was played on tbs or regular tv yeah hbo man back in the day and that's it and i don't know if it, they play it on anything anymore it's very obscure. Oh no, I I haven't I haven't seen this available. You watch. Anywhere. I'll hear about it in the next couple of weeks. There'll be like special, like Blu-ray being released for a short time. I'll yeah. be excited. Here's an, a bit of information that happened over the last week. I have been looking. I'll have to actually look the title up because that's how obscure this is for me. Well, this wasn't available even on like Amazon Prime or anything to like you know. The only thing it was available on, I think, is the YouTube link that you found. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So there's a movie that I have been looking for mm-hmm. for about 37 years. Oh wow! I have images in my head of disturbing images in my head as a child. Uh-huh. And I remember watching it late at night and I was like seven or eight years old and I remember going to school the next day and I must have been in second or third grade. Oh, wow. And I was telling my friends, I saw a movie last night that scared the hell out of me. Uh-huh. And I've been... And I did not know what the name of the movie was. And uh-huh. I, I might have... I Actually, I did know at the time and I think I remember telling kids what it was, but when the older I got, the less I remembered it. But I always remembered the images, and all I remembered were it was a bunch of it was like a fantasy movie, and at the end of the movie, the hero was like attached to a rope and was like climbing on the ceiling, and there was like a cult doing cultish things on the ground below him, uh-huh. and he activated some like crystal or something, and it started, uh, it turned him into like this fire came out of his out of his hands and he was blowing uh he was setting everything on fire in this cult leader below pieces of his face his, his face started breaking apart and it was like this weird disturbing kind of cheesy scene that kind of disturbed me as like a seven or eight year old yeah and i've been searching for this movie for years uh-huh. and every once in a while i'll google search uh faces coming apart fantasy movies <laughs> from the 80s yeah. and i and i will look at it well last week on, I follow a bunch of like uh, Blu-ray websites on Twitter because when new releases are coming up, they they say movies. Uh, this is coming out in May and this is coming out in April. Yeah. Well, 
a notice came up for a movie and the title sounded very familiar and I looked it up and I was like, holy shit, it's the movie. Wow. It's the movie I've been looking for for 37 years. Wow. And it's called The Treasure of the Four Crowns and it's basically a cheesy ripoff of Indiana Jones and it has that supernatural stuff. Really? And it's actually available on YouTube and I went and I jumped and I watched the end sequence and I was like, holy fuck, this is the scene. His face is going to come apart and the, wow. and the fire comes out and I was like, I never in a million, I was the only one excited. I tried to get my girl excited. She wasn't. <laughs> uh, I was like, you don't understand. I've been looking yeah. for this. This is my like holy grail of movies I have not been able to find. Right. And to find out it's going to be released in 3D on like special. It's never been on DVD. I don't even think it was on VHS. Yeah. I mean, it was just maybe VHS because I think everything was, but it was definitely on cable. So it comes out in a couple months, and I'm going to buy this sucker. I don't care if it's a piece of shit because yeah. I've been looking for it for no, so long. Man. No, that's so awesome. pull up the trailer for like the Treasure of the Four Crowns. It's, yeah. it's it's garbage, but I mean I can't wait to see it. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> yeah, YouTube. You watch the whole future, movie. Justin. Check that out. Yeah, yeah, pretty exciting. So. Yeah, short time, man. I hope everyone goes and checks this out. I mean, some of these movies are hard to find, but this one, there's no excuse. Pull YouTube up, short time, full movie. You you see the Japanese lettering, it. you've got the right one, and, and watch and, it. I mean, honestly, just because it, it seems to be such a rarity. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, before yeah. this disappears, you know, like, I'm all about it. that, too, man. I, I'm always searching for movies. I, I constantly am looking for... I'll pull up lists on the regular obscure movies from the 70s and I'll just randomly ones that I don't know the title I'll look them up I'll go to IMDb and I'm like holy shit this stars like uh, an old Stallone movie I didn't know about I didn't know he was in this and this and I, I'm all about movies to me are like knowledge man I, I seek them out I want to get even better at knowing movies and yeah. all, how different directors did different stuff so I'm excited to see a movie that I hadn't seen that I should have seen in the past so mm-hmm. If you didn't see Short Time, check it out. Absolutely. But we got some exciting stuff coming up. I know me and Justin got a couple good ones planned, and same with me and Dave, and I'm going to go up north, and I'm going to record a couple uh, really great ones that are right up in me and my cousin Eric's uh, alley, so I'll report back with all my findings up north probably in the next couple episodes. And uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can uh, shoot us an email, fascinatedfilms at gmail.com, or you could uh, jump over to Facebook, check out all the cool collages we do every week for the, the current movies uh, we're uh, reviewing on the pods. Or you could leave us a like or comment on our two platforms, which is SoundCloud and iTunes, and uh, we would appreciate it. So until next time, see ya. Peace. Can't you idiots do anything right? <laughs>